0: Trying to get him out of space. slips a tackle. And there he goes. Crowder. It's a foot race. And Crowder is in there. A 69-yard
2: touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know what? (laughs) The q Oh, my gosh. Listen. Thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason, you can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1 And we are going to break down Zach Wilson's performance week number two at home against the New England Patriots at MetLife Stadium This is the weekly Zach Wilson report card with our guest who is the quarterback whisperer of Colorado The quarterback coach of PJ Walker who is right now Sam Darnold's understudy in Carolina Jack-of-all-trades genius when it comes to breaking down quarterbacks. I threw that one in there free of charge, Tim. You don't even have to pay me extra for that one. (laughs) Tim Jenkins, of course, the CEO of Jenkins Elite. Tim, thanks for coming back on the show, brother.
2: Well, I'm pumped up. I'm pumped up. I, uh, you know, Jets Twitter was a little hostile towards each other this weekend. So I figured (laughs) I'd, you know, wait till... uh, Wednesday to make my appearance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hostile is one way to put it. I might use other words that I won't use on a podcast, but yes, things got a little... Dicey with Jets fans Involving Zach Wilson Because he had a really rough time Sunday against the New England Patriots And when I say really rough It doesn't get much worse than throwing Interceptions on your first two passes Of the game and really he never Recovered from there there were some better Moments later in the game But the momentum never came back And we're going to get into the good a little bit later But this is one of those good news, bad news types of situations And I wanted to get the bad news out of the way first And plus it's also good to learn from the bad And learn from the mistakes See what's going wrong and then see how to fix it And later on we're going to talk about How Tim believes the Jets can fix What Zach Wilson has been doing And how he believes it's actually an easier fix Than most people do But first Tim I wanted to talk to you about the four interceptions, and I thought this would be a fun way to approach it. I was talking to you before we started recording about how whenever there's a car accident, the insurance companies will come in and they'll survey the damage, they'll investigate, and then they'll assign blame. So let's say you and I were to get into a car accident and the insurance adjuster comes and looks and goes through all the relevant facts and then says, okay, based on what I've assessed... Our insurance company is assigning Scott, 15% fault, and Tim, 85% fault. And yes, I'm going to make this mostly Tim's fault because it's my show. And it's a theoretical, so it doesn't matter. I'm sure if you and I actually got into a car crash, Tim, it would be mostly my fault. But that's a whole different story altogether. So they'll do that, and then they'll say, okay, our insurance company is willing to pay based on this. Fifteen percent because we said that it's fifteen percent Scott 's fault, and Scott is our client, so that's how we're going to do this we're going to say, Tim, the insurance adjuster is coming in he's going to assign the amount of blame for Zach Wilson, the amount of blame for the target, and then the amount of blame for Bill Belichick and the members of his defense and what they actually did on the play so let's start with the first interception you wrote in your short-form description of this, that Zach Wilson was trying to fit the ball in where the ball just didn't fit. And I thought this was a horrendous interception. At least it sure seemed that way. Watching the game live, he looked to be, as you said, trying to fit the ball into a window that just did not exist. So talk to me about what you saw in this interception, and then where do you assign the percentages of the blame?
2: Yeah, so this one's an interesting one because – you know it's a bad decision but it's a bad decision based on how new england played it right because the corner or the db kind of undercuts a read route which frankly isn't typical typically they're playing on the top shoulder of it so then you can sit down the read route and throw it so to me it's one of those things where it's you know a bad decision but it's kind of an it's a non typical look so you know, in terms of percentage, right, you say, hey, 85% Zach Wilson because you just don't throw it. And then you would probably say 15% forced from the New England, kind of just a good play, right? I think it's one of those things where there are interceptions throughout a day that, hey, the defender just made a good play. This, to me, was kind of a decision where it's like the defender made a good play, but it wasn't like over the top the Oklahoma DB making a one-hand catch, right? It was just, hey, he undercut it, so we should move on. And to me, there was enough time from when his you know, back foot hits and he decides to throw it. It wasn't like uh, the guy undercut it as the ball was in the air, if that makes sense. So that's where I think it's a little bit more on Zach Wilson to just move on from that rather than hang on that read route like he did.
1: The second interception – This one was a little dicier because Corey Davis actually got his hand on it, but it ended up getting picked off. And this is the one that I said it was the second one on the second throw of the game for Zach Wilson. So this is rough. When you're a young quarterback making your second start, you're going up against Bill Belichick as it is, and you throw two interceptions in your first two throws, it's something that can rattle your confidence. This one, it appears you thought was a good throw that was mostly not Zach Wilson's fault. Yeah.
2: I said, you know, I said great ball wide receiver drop and Jess fans are killing me about like a great ball. Here's our definition of a great (laughs) ball, right? If it's not like drastically outside of your body frame, like usually you expect people, if I were to tell you, Hey, you know, I'm going to pay someone $8 million to catch a ball and then they're going to have to jump and catch a ball. You would expect them to catch the ball, right? Like I think Mm -hmm. there's, Certain things of expectations maybe need to be raised a little bit elsewhere. So, sure, maybe it wasn't a great ball, but it was a catchable ball. And instead, the ball goes through both hands. It wasn't like, hey, we barely got one hand on it. If you look at the tight, it got through both hands. Like, it's at his helmet, right? Like, if it's a a little above your helmet, like, you got to catch the ball. So, to me, it's one of those things where that's a good ball. It's a wide receiver drop that then leads to an interception. Obviously, Zach you know, is the kind of kid that I would assume is saying, man, I got to bring that thing down. Um, But, like, there's no receiver coach in America who would sit there and let his guy off the hook. Like, that's something that – that's a play that you would expect to make if you were in that receiver room. And I think, you know, to me it's one of those that I would make – okay, you can say 10% of it is Zach Wilson and the other 90% is the receiver and needs to make a play.
1: Tim, I will add that not only would I expect a receiver to jump up and catch a ball if I paid him $8 million to do it, I'd expect it if I paid him $8. So what I'm saying is (laughs) to that kid that lives down the street from me that I gave $8 to catch a ball, you better make good on that tomorrow (laughs) during your Pop Warner (laughs) game. Third interception of the game, Tim, this one you wrote eyes in the wrong spot. It certainly seemed that way from watching on television because I had no idea what he was even looking at throwing this one.
2: Yeah. So they ran. So this is the one that was weird to me. And this is the one that I'd love to be a fly in their quarterback beating or, or whatever when they installed this play because they use what we call counter motion, which is they bring the receiver past the center and then they sprint him back out. So it would be kind of like counter fly because they're trying to gain an advantage and they're trying to run a pick play and throw the ball to the flat on third down. He doesn't even look at the flat. So he looks at the shallow, and then he goes from the shallow to the sail, which then just leads into being the sail weight. So it's like – and then obviously – and then he also throws it inside, right, which then BB can undercut it and make a play on. So to me it was kind of compounding mistakes, which was one, there's not an – I mean, I don't know, maybe it's a new concept and – that I've just literally never seen on the hundreds of hours of film that I've had to watch throughout my career and then and then breaking down quarterbacks. But, like, you just don't run counterfly motion to not throw it to the flat route when you have man coverage. Like, that's exactly what the play's designed to beat. And it was there. Zach just needs to catch one skip and then throw this thing. Um, the footwork, to me, looked like he was he – was, taking footwork to look at the shallow as well so I don't really understand why his eyes would be there and then ultimately I don't understand why you would go from the shallow to the sail and then leave it inside so to me that was you know it, let's go ahead and say that they installed the play and coached him to look at the shallow then it would be 50 50 between a terrible install and then a bad decision and bad throw by Zach if they coached it to look at you know, the counterfly the counterfly motion, like I assume they coached it, that's just kind of 100% on Zach at that point.
1: Fourth interception, you simply said it was a terrible throw. So I'm going to assume that this one is going to be roughly 100% Zach Wilson's fault in the eyes of claims adjuster Tim Jenkins.
2: Yeah, I, so this one was interesting to me because then I saw people saying that it was a miscommunication. And I'm like, there's no communication on scramble drill. Like scramble drill is like chaos, right? Like it'd be like it'd be like someone in the mar- like in the special forces saying there was miscommunication on like a raid or something. But I guess that's a bad example because they communicate because they're way better than than us who just play football. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's a weird thing because you're in scramble drill and then the guy's peeling up the sideline. You just throw it more to the middle and it's picked off like to me you want to know what it really looked like to me was it looked like it fell off his pinky like it looked like he went to throw it and it kind of just slipped and that happens to quarterbacks all the time if you when you hear like quarterbacks training and you talk to them and you go okay what that one feel like usually when it dies to their arm side so to the right side for zach which is where this one missed they would tell you something like hey it felt like it came off my pinky and I'd be willing to bet if you got him behind closed doors and ask him, he'd say, yeah, it felt like it fell off my pinky. And honestly, it was kind of biomechanically induced um, from a mechanic perspective. But I don't want to bore your, your listeners, but he just needs to track his front side better and and do what we call a J-step. But I, I, I really think, to me, that's just like, it was just like, it looked like it slipped or it looked like it just fell off his pinky and kind of cut inside on him. So that one, yeah, is 100%. Now... To me, that's one of those that I just don't, you don't expect to happen that often. So you're not that worried about, you know? Number three and one probably worry you more than number four, in my opinion, when you're watching the tape. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah.
1: Tim, I wanted to ask you about another play that happened that at the time was a relief because it was a positive gain and for quite a bit of yardage. But looking back at it, and I know you broke this down on your Twitter and it will probably be a part of the video that you're going to be making on Zach Wilson, which we'll talk about in a little bit. You pointed out that it actually wasn't as positive a play as it should have been at all. And it ended up being a difficult play when it should have been a simple play. And I'm talking about the 27-yard completion to a wide-open Elijah Moore. What did you see there that you didn't like?
2: Yeah, so, well, one, it was a great play design, right? So I've seen Jets Twitter kind of crucifying the OC, and I think you got to give credit where credit's due when times are tough, right? So Mm -hmm. hopefully this helps. I think it was a great play design. What's confusing to me is the amount of time that Zach kind of hangs his eyes in the middle. Like, I understand what they're telling him, which is, hey, look through the post to hold that safety and then get outside of the bullet, which is all fine and dandy, but at some point you've looked you've looked through the post and then you need to get outside the bullet and get it up and down so it doesn't turn into a sideline catch. Now, I also think upon further review that the bullet route's angle is incorrect. You need to keep it, you know, he needs to probably keep it closer to the divider between the sideline and the bottom of the numbers. With that being said, as a quarterback, our job is to get the ball up and down and make him right no matter what. And Zach just, things just looked a little harder for him last yesterday. And like, listen, the thing that we're not touching on that I do think people need to touch on more is the psychology of going against Bill Belichick as a second start quarterback, right? Like, We're not talking about – we're talking about who a lot of people think is the greatest coach and defensive coach of all time, right? Like, quarterbacks know that. It's not like Zach's going in there, like, ignorant of the fact that Bill Belichick has won, you know, however many rings that the dude's won. I don't even know at this point. So that's where it's like – that to me kind of – that's what it looked like. It looked like we just kind of had some hesitation to us and that specifically was one that if you get up and down you pr- your receiver probably ends up cutting back against the safety you screaming to the sideline and hopefully you score a touchdown there instead of settling for 3 so that to me is kind of one of the plays that again it's just like the culmination of things where it's it's it just looked harder than it should have been this week and it didn't look like that in week 1 for all the struggles that there were in week 1 it didn't look like that same sort of hesitation that was there
1: in week two tim before we started recording you said something to me that i thought was really interesting you said that a big part of why these film breakdowns come out so comprehensive when you're doing them is that you've not only played quarterback at a high level and had to watch film and break it down that way but you've also been part of game planning and so A lot of what New England did was based on what they saw the week before with Carolina and what gave Zach Wilson trouble, and this tracks with Bill Belichick's history because he's known for ripping up his game plan from the week before and having a fresh game plan every single week like a mad scientist. Most guys will have templates, and they'll fill in here and there, but Belichick starts from scratch every single week. Is that more or less what you saw here? Were they going to the Carolina well and bringing out the stuff that they saw Wilson struggle with in Week One and using it a lot?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you saw him do it on both sides of the football. If we're being honest, I thought you saw, you know, McDaniel's rip off a bunch of concepts that Carolina had success with and then implement them. I and mean, I actually thought the Jets' defense did a little bit better job than they had in the week before in terms of stopping certain looks. So I think. You know, like, listen, I, I don't want to say that that's New England. You know, New England maybe takes it to a whole nother degree, but by and large, you know, if you're a coach in the NFL, you have your plays, but you're changing everything week to week. Maybe you're installing a couple new plays and you dress them up a little differently, but really, you're, you're game planning specifically for that team, not like, you know, at the lower levels of football, even college you kind of say, this is our identity, here's what we do. That doesn't exist in the NFL. Like, you have plays, of course, and you have terminology, but each week you're game planning to beat that team because the league is – the parity of the league is so much better. So you have to win schematically and put your players in a position to win schematically or you're, or you're not doing your job. And I think, you know, Bill does that to probably, you know, the craziest degree – whereas everybody else maybe changes 80% of their game plan. And, and I do think, you know, you saw New England come out in some of the same stuff that Carolina did, and then you also saw them throw their own wrinkles on the thing. So I think it's, you know, I, I think it's a combination of both, but I also think that, you know, a week of tape, they learned how they wanted to attack this Jets offense and how they wanted to confuse uh, Zach. And, and, and listen, they, they did it to a certain degree, I also think some of the mistakes that the Jets had were kind of just more or less, you know, self-inflicted. So to me, it's kind of it's a combination of both, I would say.
1: Tim, you mentioned before how a lot of Jets fans are very unhappy with Mike LaFleur through two weeks. I was curious to hear your take on the game plan that he had this week for Zach Wilson and the offense, but particularly for Wilson and the passing game against the New England Patriots?
2: It's an interesting question because I thought some of the plays were well scripted, but then where Zach's eyes were, I kind of disagreed with. So it's one of those things that, you know, depending on what you were teaching about certain plays, he could have, put in a great game plan and Zach didn't execute it well. But also we got to remember he could have been telling Zach to put his eyes there. And if that's the case, even though you have great concepts, if you're teaching the quarterback to put his eyes in the wrong spot, that great concept becomes a bad play. And I think that's kind of where I'd be. I'm hesitant to give him a full endorsement because I don't know what he was teaching behind closed doors about where to place your eyes. But On the surface, from the concept perspective, it looked really sound to me when it comes to attacking the New England defense.
1: Tim, let's get to the positives because it doesn't seem on the surface like there are a ton to take away from this game, but there are some. One of them is the fact that you think this is going to be a lot easier to fix than most people do. We'll come back to that, but first I wanted to know if there was anything specifically in this game that you saw that you liked. I know that he had a throw very late in the game. I think there was like a minute left. 35-yarder to Jeff Smith, and it was a beautiful pass. It was the type of pass that you envisioned him throwing, and it's the type of thing that made him stand out on tape, or at least that was part of what made him stand out on tape. Talk to me about some of the positives you saw. There had to be some.
2: Yeah, you know, that ball that specifically that you're talking about, it just happens on what we call a blaze eight route, which is hey, a post that then you roll to a speed out and he just layers it over the corner. It's a really great throw. I do think, you know, listen, the movement package was still good in terms of the boots and everything like that I enjoyed. I thought they scripted up a couple of nice shots for you know, that blaze eight I thought was nice. The the bullet that's a pick route I thought was really nice. You know, I think there's – the good is that you can definitely see the talent, right? The worry is, is okay, you know, how much reign and control do we have on this talent, right? It's almost like the Spider-Man quote or whatever, which is great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like if you have all the arm talent in the world, but you're just going to turn that, you know, fire that John whenever the heck you want, like that's not good, right? So for us, it's, it's finding that balance of, okay, I'm uber talented and I can make every throw – but remembering that this is the NFL where everyone gets paid a lot of money to be good at football, so I can't just, you know, rip a read route despite the fact that the corner, you know, the, the DB undercut it. So I think that's where the concern comes from. But I do think there was a lot of good, and again, it's the same stuff as the why you drafted him, which is, you know, to me is kind of at least reconfirming from that aspect of, okay, it makes sense on why we drafted him now let's, let's try to get these plays installed in a way that's going to help him. And I do think you know, a lot of what I'm going to cover in the video has to do with putting your eyes in the right spot because I think that's where this thing is way more curable than people think because on certain plays, there are things open. We just got to make sure that our eyes are leading us to the correct decision.
1: Okay, Tim, let's dive in a little bit more to what you just touched on, and we've been teasing it throughout the episode. You're going to be making a video on how you think Zach Wilson can fix things. You just talked a little bit about part of what you think he can do. Take us through the rest of it, and also the Denver Broncos are next on the Jets' schedule. It's going to be in your backyard in Denver, Colorado, and Denver, not surprisingly, especially after what just went down Last week is going to be an 11 point favorite as of this recording so knowing what you know about the Broncos because they are your hometown team and how that defense operates I was curious if you had any insight specifically as to what you think Zach Wilson needs to do to be successful this week against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, it's an inter- it's a, that's a great question. So first, you know, hey, the the way to fix it really to me is a lot of eye placement. And there's some physical things, but it's not as important as the eye placement. In terms of what they have coming up with the Denver Broncos, I think a lot of Jets fans are kind of going to be panicked when they think about Denver's defense and the pass rush. What I will say is against Jacksonville, they showed a little bit of, you know, the, the chink in the armor, so to speak, of – they were able – Jacksonville was able to create matchups outside. And the, and the Denver corners had some issues at times with just like a takeoff, right, just a go route. There was some communication issues for Denver's linebacking crew in kind of funnel coverages and some different stuff where you can get a tight end and you can get a, a pretty good matchup um, on him. So I do think that there's ways to attack this Denver defense – um, that I'd love to see them implement. And it, and it gets the ball out of Zach Wilson's hand faster because, you know, let's call a spade a spade. When I look at the Jets' offensive line comparatively to the combination of, you know, Von Miller and Chubb and, and everyone else that Denver has up front on the D-line, it's not a favorable matchup. So you need to get the ball out of his hand quicker. quicker but there are ways to attack the Denver secondary where you get the ball out quick but you're also pushing the ball down the field. And I think that's kind of the route in which the Jets need to go if they're going to have success against this Denver team.
1: Tim Jenkins, CEO of Jenkins Elite and the quarterback whisperer of Colorado. He's going to be right there when the Jets come into his backyard to take on the Denver Broncos this Sunday. We'll see if Zach Wilson can start turning things around. Certainly, we hope so. Tim, thanks so much for coming on. As always, really appreciate it. For those that want to watch your video that we just referenced throughout the show and then everything else that you're doing, breaking down quarterbacks, where can they go and how can they follow you and interact with you on social media?
2: Yeah, if you if they want, they can just follow me at Elite on Twitter and then just type in on YouTube all things QB and the uh, breakdown will drop Wednesday at 1 o'clock. So I hope everybody enjoys it and I hope, uh, you know, Jets fans don't uh, – You know, don't bombard it with some hate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Never, Tim. Especially not Play Like a Jet listeners. Only bombard Tim with love. Check out his (laughs) video, subscribe to his channel, and follow him on Twitter as well. And also check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com. And our YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't already. Watch all the videos. We've got new ones up. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under, is killing it. He's got one up showing what a monster Elijah Vera Tucker has already become in the running game. He's going to have some more up, it looks like, in the pipeline. He'll do a mini one on Zach Wilson. He'll be looking at film on Bryce Hall. Both Michael Carter's so two Michael Carter's for the price of one a whole lot more coming so if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel already go ahead and do it now and give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content you know where to go that's Play Like A Jet Digital at PlayLikeAJet.com.
0: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere